Welcome to another edition of the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Happy holidays to all. I'm J.R. Jesselitis, and we got Jeff Julik uh, over there uh, across the console. We're spending the entire hour talking Boilermaker hoops. A uh, very Merry Christmas to all of our uh, listeners and uh, even our uh, Bloomington haters, of which there are many. <laughs> But that's cool. We love everybody here. Um, Jeff, hey, happy holidays to you, buddy. It's, you too. Uh, finally hitting this holiday break. Um, it, it's very interesting right now in college basketball. I mean, we're seeing a few games that are getting canceled, postponed, what have you. Uh, nobody's changing any of the rules right now. It seems like college basketball is a little bit of the outlier where there's just a few things. It's not like the NFL. It's not like the NHL where they're shutting it down. It's not like the NBA where... They've got everybody is basically in the protocols at this point. So far, college basketball has been a little bit insulated. So I'm happy for that. Hopefully that can continue, but you can't deny that's probably not going to play a factor down the stretch here. Well, I certainly hope not. And first of all, you know, Merry Christmas to our listeners as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, and I think Purdue's done everything they can to prepare for this. You know, the team is now fully boosted and, you know, it's such an exciting season going on for this basketball team right now. And as a fan, you know, I know how much I enjoyed, you know, being at the basketball game the other night, even though it was against incarnate word. And, um, you know, you just want to make sure that, that we don't lose any of those big, big basketball games in the second half of the season that we're all looking forward to, such as the Ohio state game, you know, the IU game, those kind of things. So, you know, you, you see Texas A&M have to pull out of the Gator bowl. And, and that certainly is a scary situation. And, and, you know, first of all, you want to make sure your athletes are healthy and they're taken care of. And so, uh, you know, but from a fan's selfish standpoint, you want to make sure that we're able to see these Boilermakers uh, make their run to another Big Ten title. You know, you bring up the Incarnate Word game. Um, I, I don't know what you expect out of that thing. First off, Carson Cunningham's uh, cardigan there, fantastic. Really, really, really fantastic Sharp there. dresser. Sharp dress. Uh, I did not know if he was the coach or if he was getting ready for his acapella group's performance <laughs> later that night. Uh, but no, Dr. Carson Cunningham, uh, that was fantastic look. Really fantastic look. But what did you really expect to get out of that game? If you're a Boilermaker fan, I mean, I talked about it on my show earlier in the week. Like, What are you going to glean from that? It's the last game before the holidays. You, like like it, my dad used to say when we go shopping, get in, bag it, get out. That's what that was. It didn't look like they had a whole lot of urgency on defense, so Incarnate Word had a lot of open threes, and they were kind of knocking them down, which is atypical for them. All right? that, that, that's not the norm. But Purdue played that game. Like Purdue knew that, hey, we can go out here and run an open gym. If we have to turn it on, we can, but we don't necessarily have to, so let's just kind of go out there and just do whatever. And I think the tone was set when they put uh... – Zach Edian, he was in the free throw. Uh, They're shooting a free throw, and he just basically goes over top of the of the tallest player on the Incarnate Word and puts the ball back in. Just a nice little tap back in. So yeah, you know, and Deshaun Dell ought to get him over there and work on some setting. Exactly, you know, <laughs> exactly. You know what? Uh, Wisconsin wins a national title with a couple six nine young ladies. So, but anyway, um, you know. I didn't expect that to be a blowout simply because Matt was not going to let that happen because he has too much respect for Carson Cunningham and what he has done for the Boilermaker program over the years. And and it was one of those type games where the shots came way too easy for the Boilermakers. They could get any shot they wanted at any time, and I think they fell in love with the three-point line, even though they, they shot, what, 44% from the three-point range that night. And it was one of those games where the, they were looking forward to that four-day holiday they were about to get, so... You know, they went out, took care of business, got the 20-point victory, and, uh, 
you know, the boys, uh, you know, need a little bit of a break from basketball, and now they'll get that, and then they'll come back and get focused in for their last uh, non-conference game, and then the uh, rugged Big Ten grind, which starts after the first of the year. Can I can I be honest with you here? I, I am nervous about that game when they come back, that Nickel State game. I, that that team's uh, scary scrappy. Uh, if you're not focused, this, this is supposed to be that layup kind of, you know, eh, stretch it back out again, just kind of get warmed up and get ready for the Big Ten season. Uh, they, uh, I, I feel like the, they don't get that message. They're like, no, 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 we're we're here to we're here to wreck stuff. Well, they were scrappy against Wisconsin, but they lost by twenty nine points the other night to Oregon State, and they've been blown out by Baylor and some other teams. And yeah, I mean, they do need to be focused because they have some really good guard play, and and that's hurt the Boilermakers when you give it that dribble penetration that they have been able to uh, that they've did, given up this year. But yeah, you know. You know, obviously hope they come back and focused and, and come out with a nice uh, game against Nickel State and then uh, get ready for that top 25 matchup with Wisconsin uh, coming up one on January 2nd. So, yeah, you're, they can be a challenge and ask Wisconsin because they did give them a good game. But uh, I think the Boilermakers take care of business and handle that team pretty easily. This is going to be our last broadcast for the end uh, for the rest of the year here. We'll have uh, another one once we get back into January because – uh, next week we're doing nothing but bringing you bowl coverage. Oh, yes, left absolutely. And right, I'm, left and right. I'm Very excited. Exciting. I'm making the trip down to Nashville to see the Boilermakers hopefully uh, beat Tennessee. And uh, I know our listeners are excited to see the Boilermakers play one more football game. Yeah, so uh, we won't be on next week, but um, we will be on uh, right there in that first week in January. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll miss that uh, Nickel State game, but uh, get you ready in time uh, for the uh, Big Ten uh, season here. But you, you take a look at Purdue's resume if you will through the beginning of the year here uh the loss at Rutgers obviously you know that's that's disappointing but you look at the totality 11 and 1 in here I think you got to be extremely happy as a Boilermaker fan that's a rough way to lose a game but going out there on the east coast you struggled a little bit against NC State but you got to overtime still won by double digits I I think you got to be very happy with where this team is at right now what they've shown you so far Oh, absolutely. You know, great quality wins early in the year against Villanova and North Carolina and Florida State. And then, uh, you know, yeah, you got that little that little blip in the uh, there, but it took a 50-foot jumper to beat them and, at Rutgers. And then, you know, they struggled, as you mentioned, the entire North Carolina State game, but they played very well in the last few minutes in overtime. And then they backed that up with a probably one of their best performances of the year. Oh, with great Matt, against Butler. Against Butler. I yeah. mean, you know, Jaden Ivey was just spectacular, six six from six from three-point range, and they shot 50% from the three-point uh, line. So, and, and again, now we're getting that, that two-headed monster at the center position. You know, it's either going to be Williams going off or it's going to be Zach Eady going off. And, and if the other person doesn't go off, they still get, uh, you know, maybe 10 points and eight, nine rebounds. And so just a, a tremendous amount of production out of that center position. And this team – always has a history of improving over the holiday break. And, and I realize they've got a few days off here, but they're going to come back in on the 26th and start practicing and practicing hard and, and get by Nickel State and then put their attention towards Wisconsin because, you know, you've got, you've got a, an interesting road trip after that to Penn State to take on Micah Shrewsbury and his building team that he's getting at Penn State. And then you got the big trip to Michigan, and, you know, Michigan has really underperformed so far, but you know they have a lot of talent, and that's going to be a big, big game. You will figure it out by then. That's yeah, the, that's so. the fingers crossed. Let's go back to the Crossroads Classic game. I mean, what a way to end that tournament—a uh, tournament that you um, 
Well, you haven't really performed well in historically. I mean, the front end of that thing, they, they really, really struggled. And uh, towards the end of that, you know, Matt Painter Company had really uh, started to figure it out, which is great. But the, the thing, and this is going to sound kind of ridiculous, but I just wish Butler would have shot better. Like, they're a low-scoring team to begin with, but I, I wanted to see the Boilermakers pushed again on a, a neutral court and see that they can respond. I, I was looking for that test. I am Completely happy with 77 to 48. Don't get me wrong, but it, it was a little bit easier than I would have liked it to have been because we talk about this all the time, Jeff. Where we want to see um, in these kind of games, you're trying to prepare for the tournament, you know, so you want to be on a neutral site, an NBA court here, uh, and get yourself pushed and see how you can respond. Now, they shot the lights out there. I, th- that is way better than I would have thought they would because normally when you do one of these neutral site games at an NBA arena, I tend to start shading the over because guys don't shoot the ball as well in those places because it takes a little bit of time. We talked about this on the last show. It takes you a little bit of time to adjust when you're in tight quarters like Mackey Arena, and then all of a sudden there's all that open space behind that backboard when you're looking. It, it, it takes the mind a while, but, boy, Purdue got on it real, real early. That's something they haven't traditionally done down there, and uh, that's the positives I'm taking away from that. And that's a great uh, point, Jared, because, you know, don't forget the Big Ten tournament is going to be held in that same uh, arena come, come March. And so, Which is another reason why I don't understand why IU just doesn't want to do this anymore. You know, I, I've read a lot of things on this and seen a lot. Of, you know, they think that their brand is bigger than the state of Indiana. And so, you know, they want to go out. can't but... even change his Twitter handle to put IU. It's still got NBA <laughs> in it. Great branding. You know, and but, you know, and they obviously got the, the Kansas series schedule, but they could have scheduled that in November or late December or whenever they wanted to. And so, you know, it's one of those things where they felt that they were bringing in the majority of the revenue and yet had to share it four ways and they didn't like that. But you know, this stuff gives Purdue some excellent opportunities. And, and I, I would imagine that maybe Purdue and Butler will do something down the road because it was an outstanding event for those two schools. And and the Boilermakers, you know, huge, huge brand name, and they can schedule a big-name opponent too. So, uh, so it's just... better, I guess it's better to sell out half of Assembly Hall instead of the, uh, you know, just corn off the upper decks there <laughs> and play Kansas. It's, that's better? Come uh, on. Come on. I, I, to- I can't argue with you on that, Jared. I mean, I totally agree. And, you know, it was a great event. It was so special for the fans because, you know, you got to go down there. You got to see the four best programs in the state. Uh, in the state. And, you know, as a, a Boilermaker fan, there was nothing better than to have that first game and get the victory and then watch IU come out and play and, and uh, see how they, they do in that second game. And See, that's it, why they want it gone. Because Purdue's made so many inroads in the Indianapolis area, they don't want those recruits to start showing up, watch Purdue, and then watch Indiana yeah, side by side. That's the problem. That's yeah, where it is. You're comparing apples to apples on the same <laughs> court. That's a great point. So, yeah, and it, uh, you know, it's a shame that it ends, but I'm sure glad to see the Boilermakers ended on a high note with that big victory over Butler. All right, Jeff, take, take a little breath here. Get to pour yourself some more eggnog. We're going to take a break. We come back. Alan Karpik at goldenblack.com is our guest next here on Boiler on the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. It's the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com with Jared Jessalatis and Jeff Julik right over there. Let's go to our Hammerhead hotline. Let's bring in Alan Karpik, the publisher of goldenblack.com. No better resource for stuff on your Purdue Boilermakers than goldenblack.com. I'll tell you, uh, he, Alan does a great job. Tom does a great job. Brian Newbert does a tremendous job. In fact, some of our most listened to content of the year, Jeff, I went and looked at it, all from guests from goldenblack.com. So uh, they know what they're talking Doesn't about over there. Doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, get, get a subscription. I'm a subscriber. I love it. And uh, it's just it, it's great info on your Boilers. Al, 
always a great uh, pleasure to talk with you. Happy holidays. Uh, Purdue heading into the holiday break at 11-1. and one. Seems to be in a pretty good place despite a, uh, a what, a uh, almost half-court Euro step shot to lose at Rutgers. Uh, other than that, I mean, you got to be pretty pleased with what you're seeing on the court right now. Yeah, I think for the most part that that's true, and and, and I don't even want to qual- qualify that too much when you're when you are eleven and one and you're losing a fifty foot shot, and maybe just maybe if this season turns out like some of us think it might, that uh, that that game might be what Purdue needed, but uh, the loss at in Piscataway back a couple weeks ago. But no, I think I think it's there a couple things in in today's world of of. Uh, just being able to enjoy watching them play and the, and the way that the Mackey Arena is full and, and it's hopping every – it seems like every game. Uh, and this this extremely fun team to watch. And the, and the best thing is, from a Purdue standpoint, uh, they're really skilled and we've been talking about that in every show. But it is going to be an interesting storyline, guys. I think, you know, uh, come January 3rd, they, we'll, we'll, we'll find out uh, maybe even December 29th against Nichols uh, as well. But uh, Purdue has to – has to uh, continue to tell that story, continue to get better. We'll see if that happens. I think that it, there's a potential for that, and it really will be an interesting story from now until uh, March Madness. And Merry Christmas to you, Alan. I wanted to make sure we got that out there. But Thank hey, you. Same to you, you guys. Know, thanks. Um, you know, I enjoy your, your coverage, of course, and especially one of the, the one I really enjoy is during the football season. You have your weekly predictions, and you always have a player to click in those predictions. And so – Carrying that over to the basketball side, what one player do, does Purdue need to click in the second half of the season to take them to the uh, to the uh, places that we hope they can get to? Yeah, that's a good question uh, because Purdue has so many different and interesting facets to this team. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess I would say that I'll, I'll go with the, with the star, and that's Jaden Ivey, and, and that he, he clicks every game, but it's just a question of how much and how much he can carry – carry Purdue and, and, and yet it's not a team that needs a lot of carrying. I just think he has to be extra, extra special. Uh, he has to play at a consensus all American level and Travion Williams has to be right there with him. And if that happens, I, I like Purdue's chances to, to, to really go deep into March, if not win the whole thing. Uh, you know, a conventional wisdom would say, well, that would be Eric Hunter Jr. And, and Isaiah Thompson are the two guys that, that, that are certainly get a lot of the discussion of whether this, they're going to be good enough, good enough at that position to to be a national champion or be a team that to, can get to the final four. But I, I really believe that you're going to see in the next. First, those guys are are good basketball players. They are what they are. They they they've done. They continue to do what they do. They're not physical uh, specimens. Are not to, as I say, they're not Mateen Cleave point guards. But they do what they 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 do what the Purdue needs to have them do. And I think that that's also, I think Matt Painter and company have to scheme around what, uh, what they can do to, from, to, to limit deficiencies, not just by those shoes, but any other deficiencies this team has. And I think that's going to be a storyline. So I, I don't subscribe to the whole thing that those two guys are, are Purdue's Achilles heel. And they're just not good enough for Purdue to win at all. I just think I don't buy that. I think they are. They are they, and it's just going to be a function of how, and a question of how Purdue makes a, makes that lineup work uh, using those two guys and everybody else that plays. Talking with Alan Carpick, publishergoldblack.com here on our Hammerhead Hotline. So 12 games already in the books here, Alan, as they head into the Christmas break. You know, obviously, Matt Painter loves to schedule 
you know, certain scenarios, uh, places um, you know, that just get you ready for tournament action. Uh, you know, Jeff and I talked a little bit uh, in our last segment about uh, some of those good wins, you know, Villanova, what have you. Um, has Matt Painter got uh, basically all those situations that he's looking to test his team in? Do you feel like he's gotten everything he wants out of those first 12 games, or is there some things that you know he probably still wishes that uh, this team could have faced before they hit the holidays? No, I think you're pretty hard-pressed to find a better schedule. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, when you have the two games in November, and I understand North Carolina and even Villanova to some extent hasn't uh, hasn't fully blossomed yet. I get that, and uh, that that happens. And Purdue had something to do with that too. And of course, North Carolina's had some had uh, got beaten bad by Kentucky or you know a week or so ago. But this is a, uh, I think he had a pretty good pretty good dress rehearsal. And even uh, next Wednesday's game against Nichols, you know, this is a game that uh, they took Wisconsin to three points. Yeah, I know Baylor beat them twenty nine and. Uh, it's a game Purdue should win, but I, I even thought even the Incarnate Word game that Incarnate Word and Carson, Dr. Carson Cunningham's team played uh, played Purdue well and played hard against Purdue and and, and did some things that uh, still can be a challenge for Purdue. In other words, big guys that can shoot the basketball trying to stretch the floor. So, you know, don't presume that even next Wednesday against Nichols that uh, Purdue is, uh, won't get anything out of it. And I'm not saying you're saying that, but I just think. I do think they've, they've gotten a good dress rehearsal. And, you know, the whole season's kind of a dress rehearsal anymore now. You, you go into the Big Ten and you, and you want to win the league, and Purdue's going to have a chance to do that. Uh, but uh, you're going to have to play well, and, and you're going to have tough, tough games on the road. You're going to have tough games at home. And that may start on January 3rd against Wisconsin. So uh, it's just all a preparation for put, making, yourself, making yourself ready for the tournament and being as physically healthy as you can be and playing at your best. And that's a, that's a tough thing to do in sports uh, when you really uh, drill it down to six games and it's a, and it's a one, one loss and you're out type scenario. But uh, it's something that uh, has been the mainstay of college basketball for all these decades. And, and uh, yet uh, it, it really it makes for an interesting march uh, when we get there. And, Alan, speaking of the Big Ten, what uh, one team is uh, your biggest concern uh, standing in the way between the Boilers' twenty-fifth uh, Big Ten title. You know that's a good one. Also, Jeff, I um, of the teams I've watched, maybe Illinois um, because I, I think they've got, uh, especially when they get everybody healthy and Coburn in the middle and 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 really good good play throughout the you know good perimeter play. You know, I know Michigan was kind of the has, has struggled some. Michigan State seems to be getting getting uh, back to playing the way Tom Izzo and his program would like to play. But I just think maybe Illinois is going to be the team uh, that they did. But, you know, that's an, it, I just think this is a league where there's five or six teams that are going to cause you trouble, and certainly Ohio State. And I'm going to name everybody if I, if you, if I keep <laughs> going here long enough. But Ohio State's ability to beat Duke, you know, any road game in the league is tough. Purdue already found that out. Uh, in Piscataway against uh, Rutgers, and that's just going to be the way it's going to be. And uh, I think there's going to be very few uh, nights off. And, and, you know, you look at a team like Indiana, who's uh, – I don't think their Hoosiers are great, but uh, they're certainly tired of uh, tired of losing to Purdue, as a, to quote a Bob Knight phrase. And uh, I think this is a team that, uh, you know, again, will be a tough road game for Purdue when the Boilermakers head down to, to Bloomington. So – you know, it's just going to be an interesting league, and I, and I like Purdue's chances. I think Purdue's the best team in the league. Uh, 
but I think they're, they're going to have some challenges, and I would still be surprised if they don't lose at least three or four conference games. Well, all right, Alan Karpik of uh, GoldenBlack.com, and of course, uh, you guys are all getting geared up too for the uh, Music City Bowl next week, aren't you? Yeah, that'll be a fun experience, and hopefully, uh, you know, the way things are going now, you just hope the game gets played. You start to hear about some of these COVID issues, obviously, with, with Texas A&M and Alabama's assistant coaches. You, uh, so you just want to get that game in, and yet uh, it will be very interesting to see how Purdue performs in that one. I think the Boilermakers will be highly motivated. Yes, they'll be without two of the best players, but uh, these bowl games are interesting because of uh, some of the attrition and, and, and everything else that's going on, but a, a great chance for Purdue to end the season on a high note. Personally, I love the little wrinkle in the college football playoff where if uh, you can't play, then Purdue gets to take your spot in the college football playoff. <laughs> I, like I, I love that announcement. That's fantastic. Big. <laughs> and then I think David Bell and George Karlotzis will come back, right? So, uh, <laughs> that could happen, yeah. yeah that, that, is, that is an interesting wrinkle. And let's hope it doesn't get to that. I'm a little nervous about all that, as we all are. But uh, uh, let's hope that uh, we can get through all this and, and get these games. Because these games have been a lot of fun to watch, and it's really provided a lot of entertainment for a lot of people in a difficult time. And, and uh, you hope that the, this all can get done. But uh, it, it may be dicey. Who knows? Alan Karpik, again, goldenblack.com, tremendous resource for all you Boilermaker fans. Uh, you want to read, you want to know more about your teams, that is the place to go. Alan, a happy holidays to you. We'll talk to you again in uh, 2022, all right, buddy? All right, well, for the Jessalitis and Julek families, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and uh, always a privilege to be on, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you guys in 2022. Welcome back to Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. You can also tell your Alexa devices to play 1017 The Hammer. Let's go back over to the Hammerhead Hotline and our good friend and the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, Nate Barrett, is on with us. Nate, a happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you, buddy. Uh, it's always good talking with you here, little Boilermaker Hoops. Well, it, it's a good time, and thank you. Good to be with you. It's a good time for all of us to take stock of all that we're thankful for and and part of that is uh after a great football season that we hope will end in a bowl win uh, you, you have an opportunity here to take stock of the Boilermaker basketball team and what a tremendous start that they've had and uh it's been just as much fun as as everybody hoped it would be and with the exception of Ron Harper Jr. and a and a near half court blast it's it's almost perfect and and I think in some ways that 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 probably will prove down the line to be a, a blessing in disguise for this team uh, as they look ahead. Uh, the, the NC State game also could have been a real turning point for them because you just never know. It's a funny thing with the emotions if that game goes the other way, the effect it might have. But I think as Travion came through for them, uh, brought them through that, they get home and, and have some solid play here and then get into you know the Christmas season and, and uh, you know, look ahead to – Big Ten's coming at you all the way really quickly here, but I think this team is really in the best possible situation, guys. It could be, and, and Mason Gillis is back in the mix. He's been a difference maker, and, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a, a fun two-month run here. Nate, uh, well, well, let's stay on the holiday theme here. If uh, you're a Boilermaker fan, now, obviously you're asking Santa for a national championship, a Big Ten championship, all that stuff, but uh, let's let's be slightly more reasonable here, a little bit more perspective. As a Boilermaker fan, is there something that you are asking Santa for with this basketball team, be it an attribute for a player, maybe somebody to, to step up or, 
what have you, what do you ask Santa for as a uh, Boilermaker fan this year? Well, you, the first thing you're asking Santa for <laughs> is for everybody to just stay healthy and, uh, you know, be in a, be in a good head space and, and locker room space and continue to bond as a group of, of young men and coaches. But uh, I think beyond that, I, you'd sure love to see in order to, you know, to continue to help Jaden and the bigs, You'd, you'd love to see Sasha continue to just be on fire from outside. Uh, you know, I think when when Carson and Klein had that run where both of them were just deadly, you saw what happened because it's so much for the defense to deal with. So, you know, if, if from outside, whether it's, uh, you know, Newman or Sasha, everybody hitting from outside, just I, I guess what I'm saying, guys, in short, is keep that three-point percentage high. Uh, because if Purdue's going to shoot the ball well from the outside with what they've got going on in the interior, uh, I just you look at them, guys, and you think, gosh, they, they've got to, at the end of the day, be, be one of those top few teams in the country. And, they, you know, I saw a tweet this week that uh, somebody tweeted out that Matt Painter should be in charge of the NCAA, and it was how he just gets it, and it was in reference to as he talked about the importance of a scholarship. And I bring that up because, you know, you look at the situation down in Bloomington where – you know, Archie Miller talked a 17-year-old five-star recruit, Christian Lander, into coming out early, and obviously he was not ready to play last year as a freshman, and he's not getting any playing time this year. And you compare that with how Matt handled, you know, having a Gatorade Player of the Year in Trey Kaufman Rain and what he did for the best interest of that young man by redshirting him to get better. What does that say about Matt's commitment to his players and just making sure that, yeah, obviously he wants to win basketball games at Purdue, but he, more importantly, he cares about the players and, and what they're able to accomplish down the road. Yeah, he's, he is committed to doing things uh, a certain way and in the best interest of the kid. And, and I think he's very content to live with the results of that wherever that might lead because at the end of this, you know, when you cut through all the noise – uh, and, and everybody knows the business elements of it, but if you really are a, a teacher at heart and you, you want to see young men succeed in their lives, and that is a passion for Matt and his staff, then you have to do what's in the best interest of, of the young person. And so I think, uh, I think his attitude and that of his staff has always been, we're, we're going to do what's in the best interest of that young person and, and let that take them where it takes them and take us where it takes us. And and uh, I think that's a pretty darn good operating philosophy, um, you know. And I think it, it also the the thing about it, guys, is it's the matchup of the man and the institution. Matt Painter fits Purdue. His philosophy not, might not work for a lot of people at, at different schools with a different mentality. But when you have the coaching staff, the AD, the president, the board of trustees, you know, in alignment, and the fan base generally in alignment with what they're trying to accomplish here. Um, you're going to get some neat results. And there are a few other schools that have been able to do some of the same thing and get the results. But over time, you guys have seen it through the years, the programs that cut the corners and uh, don't do right by the young men. Uh, they may win that season, but in the long run, it's devastating both to the program and the school and, and to those young people that come out of it. You want an environment where Purdue players always want to come back and be celebrated and, you know, some of them have their bobblehead night and come back and say, you know what, My, that place made me. Uh, I'm better because I was at that place. Not, uh, they used me, and when they couldn't use me and I didn't have any eligibility anymore, no one wanted anything to do with me. 
And uh, I think that's where Purdue's different in some places. And, and as long as Matt's here, they're going to continue to be. And, and beyond that, I think uh, they're going to keep growing leaders uh, and future coaches. See, I'm going to be a good boy here and not go down that path towards Bloomington because that path lies <laughs> madness, I'll tell you that. We're talking with uh, Nate Barrett here on the Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, Nate, a uh, well-known Seinfeld fan, uh, yesterday, Thursday, was uh, Festivus. So in the spirit of the what would you ask Santa for as a Boilermaker fan, uh, how about you air out your grievances uh, here? Why don't you go ahead and grab your Festivus bowl there? Why don't you uh, air out a grievance as a Purdue fan, Nate? My grievance is only my only grievance is with Ron Harper Jr. <laughs> that's well my played. Only, I, that's my only grievance uh, that he that he should have been off a foot or two on that on that shot. Uh, you know, you always have grievances with the officials, and uh, I think we're all fans uh, the world over that way, but. Uh, no, other than Ron Harper Jr. hitting that shot, I don't have any. I don't have any grievances. I think. I think we got to learn to enjoy the moment, and this is a pretty special one. Which it's unusual, Jared. Normally, and we're going to have a few more grievances with this. But you know, you had a, a fall around here where you know you had soccer do well, volleyball have a great run, football's having a great run, and your basketball team's one of the top few in the country. Uh, as a Boilermaker fan. Uh, those are heady days and, and days, you know, we haven't experienced around here since those early uh, Tiller days and the late KD days, and it's a lot of fun. And don't forget the uh, great start the women basketball team's off to with Katie and the new I, staff. I'm and... glad you brought that up because you can feel the energy around her and the program, and uh, I saw where, the other day where she's has the second-best non-conference winning percentage for a first-year coach in Purdue women's basketball history, so... Uh, something's going right there, and uh, Katie's brought a, a great enthusiasm and energy, and I think she's going to recruit very well the state, and uh, I'm really impressed with the job she's done so far. Nate Barrett on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline with us. So going forward, we get into this Big Ten uh, season. Who is it that scares you the most, Nate, if you're a Purdue Boilermaker uh, fan? W- which team in the Big Ten you think, hey, this, this is the one we got to watch out for? And you can't say all of them. Okay? Yeah. I was going to say all of them. No, no, nobody's scared of know? Nebraska. You're not scared of Nebraska. Don't lie. Hey, dude, desperate, desperate people do desperate things. You know, the Nebraska could come and cause you trouble. Uh, no, you're. You, let me say this: you're afraid of the. You're, you're afraid of a half dozen of them on the road. Let's you know. Let, let's say that. But uh, you know, interestingly enough, uh, I think it, I think Purdue fans need to. This is going to be popular, but you got to be humble in your dealings with uh, with IU uh, because Jared, uh, you got a long streak going with the Hoosiers. They're very hungry. They got a, a true blue IU coach in Mike Woodson, and and. Uh, we'll find a pretty, uh, the Boilers will find a tough environment, especially down there in Bloomington. So I think you got to pay attention, of course, to that. But there's nobody that, that's going to surprise Matt and, and these Boilers. They know what they're getting into at Iowa, at Michigan. That, you know, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but everywhere they, everywhere they know they're going to get a, a cold reception. Why, why does he signal me out being humble with IU? Why me? Because <laughs> we love how you talk negative about the Hoosiers. Come on. <laughs> I'm yeah, a positive I mean, person. Come on. That's part, that's part of the show. But I'm just saying, you know, you got you to gotta be humble and keep winning.
those those can That's usually good go, they can go hand in hand uh, if you got the right uh, coach, and I believe Purdue has the uh, right coach to do that. Nate Barrett, <laughs> the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation. Hey, you're going to join us next week, right? You're going to call into the uh, the uh, big. Uh, uh, football show that we're putting on next week, right? Because you're going to be down in Nashville, aren't you? Well, looking forward to it. Whenever you call, Jared, I will pick up the phone. <laughs> All right, buddy. That's I'm good a, to know. Uh, that's that's I, real I, good I, to know. I've got my honky-tonk uh, audition right after the bowl game down there in Nashville, see if I can <laughs> break in the country music, and we'll look forward to talking with you. Uh, unfortunately, Nate, we ran out of time for feats of strength. Uh, so <laughs> it worked out. Nate Barrett, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, guys. Happy New Year. Take care of yourself, buddy. All right. Boiler up. See you. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a break. <laughs> that that well segment always delves into <laughs> nonsense, doesn't it? And it's usually my fault. We'll come back. More of uh, the Boiler Basketball Show next on 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back. The Boiler Basketball Show continues on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Jared Jesselides and Jeff Julik, our last show for the year. Unfortunately, we're off next week because we had to make room for all these bowl games. Hey, no problem with that, boy. I tell you what, we're excited about that big bowl game for the Boilers. And even though we don't have uh, George and uh, David, I think they'll still make a, a good effort down there. And I, uh, you know, we were down there last time when they had that tough loss to Auburn and, uh, be nice to uh, have a very competitive game against a good SEC team. Yeah, we'll have Boiler Game Day with myself and Kyle Charter starting at noon on Thursday. Uh, we'll take you all the way up to 2 o'clock when the uh, network takes over. They get you the pregame, and we will have the Music City Bowl live here on 1017 The Hammer at 3 o'clock. How cool is that? Thursday. Very, very cool. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to be able to uh, to do that. But uh, I'm not going to have any shows next week because we got all this football on, but at the same time, It'd be nice to take a little bit of a breather here, kind of reset and uh, relax, much like uh, what the rest of the uh, Big Ten is doing, um, because you're not going to find a whole lot of uh, basketball here as uh, you head into the weekend. But, you know, that's to be uh, that's to be expected. Everybody's going to be out there and enjoying their uh, Christmas holidays. And yep. I know I will as well. What, what You got a favorite Christmas movie, by the way? What, what What's your go-to Christmas movie? Well, I mean... Obviously, the standards of of Christmas Vacation and yep. uh, and the Christmas Story. You know, I love that uh, the uh, twenty four hours that they do every year. So those are my two go to Christmas movies. But I uh, just love the entire holiday season and the movies, of course. A big fan, yeah. Christmas Vacation probably up there at the top of the list for me. I've already probably watched it like three or four times. To watch it with my mother in law is fantastic because she <laughs>, laughs out loud at everything. It's amazing. That's um, cool. And now my daughter's starting to get into it a little bit, even though she doesn't understand a lot of the stuff. She loves the uh, sledding scene. Because, you know, people getting hurt. She loves people getting hurt. That's always fun. So, uh, yeah, that's always great. Oh, you know what? Here, fun fact. Uh, I'm more of a, instead of the Christmas movies, I like to go watch all the Christmas episodes of my favorite TV shows. Oh, that's a good idea. That's, yeah. I like to binge watch that, like kind of stack them up and go. So uh, that's what I like to do for Christmas. There you go. So no no uh, Big Ten basketball really coming up here. Uh, obviously, there's none today on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Uh, nothing Sunday, nothing Monday, Tuesday is uh, when we'll finally get back to it when uh, Ohio State hosts New Orleans. Hey, look, the Pelicans are in town. Can well, you know, that that's an important game for Ohio State because they've been out with COVID. I mean, they lost that uh, game uh, that they were supposed to play against Kentucky, which would uh, have been a, a resume builder for those guys. And so, you know, hopefully they're healthy and they can hit the uh, the reboot button and, and uh, start their basketball program again. But, uh, you know, they've had some issues with COVID there in Columbus, and it's uh, cost them some games. And then uh, Maryland will get back in action in the evening, 8.30. Maryland hosting Loyola of Maryland. There's, there, did you know there were a couple of Loyolas out there? There's a lot of Loyolas. 
Yes, for sure. I don't like that. Come up you with like be California, original. Come up with something Chicago. else. I mean, come on. Yeesh. So. Uh, and then you'll have uh, Wednesday night when Purdue's finally back in action, taking on uh, Nichols, which, by the way, Nichols from uh, what state in the uh, United States? What do you got? Uh, that one I don't know. I was what? I knew where I knew where Incarnate Word was. Did you not was, listen to but... my show earlier this week? I gave away the tickets. That was the question. Oh, it was the trivia question. It yeah, was North Carolina. No, Louisiana. Louisiana. I'm sorry, Samsonite. See, I was way you, off. If you miss a day of your show, you miss so much information, and and I am guilty of that. They are second in the Southland standings. They're at eight and five overall. They're one of two teams that are above 500 in the Southland standings. Uh, top one is Texas A&M. CC. Ah. At uh, 10 and 3. Listen to this conference, though. Yeah, well, 10 and 3. Nichols 8 and 5. Third place is Houston Baptist at 3 and 6. <laughs> you can imagine where it goes from there. So, uh, not exactly a tough, but, you know, Jeff and I, we, we talked about it a little bit. They did push Wisconsin, just lost by 3 there. Uh, they have put up uh, 100 points in the game this year, too. So, I mean, they can actually they can score. I mean, they could do that. They're actually 48th in the country. In points per game. So it's not like it's a complete slouch of a squad, I guess is my point. And they have very good guard play. So that's, that's a, you know, you talked earlier in the show about, you know, with that schedule that Purdue put together, did they get tested in all the ways he went to? This may be one of those tests where they get tested at the guard position, which would be a uh, great lead into all the guards you'll see in the Big Ten Conference. Then on the uh, Wednesday, the 29th, uh, we still have Michigan State taking on High Point and the Breslin Center. Penn State, which will hopefully be back at it, takes on Delaware State. Um, look, it, it stinks. They've had to deal with the COVID. Yep. Uh, you know, what can you do? Uh, I've been talking about it on my show all week long that it's, uh, you know, it's going to be coming to college basketball. I'm worried because we saw with the, uh, we lost Sasha last year for how many games, right? And then he came back. Did you ever really feel like he was the same after he came back? He was not. And, uh, you know, so that can be a uh, big, big factor when you have a disease like that. And, you know, look look what uh, Ethan Morton struggled with mono and look how great he's performing this year after having a off season to get healthy and, uh, and uh, develop the way he's played because he's been an outstanding addition to this yeah. basketball team. Do everything you can, but I, sometimes I wonder, even if you do everything you can, can is it going to eventually happen because that's, there's stuff out of your control. That's absolutely true. Uh, IU back at it again on Wednesday. They play in North Carolina, right? No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Asheville. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny. You thought they would get an actual contender to come in there. Uh, Rutgers hosts Maine. Wisconsin hosts Illinois State. Uh, you got Alcorn State at Minnesota, who is 10-1, and 1, by the way. I tell uh, you what, Minnesota just keeps winning. I know they haven't played a tough schedule. But uh, you know, when you watch them play, they are—they really shoot the basketball well, and that's uh, that—that that could help them in the Big Ten conference. So I'm anxious to see how they do once they start playing uh, all the Big Ten teams. Western Illinois, the Leathernecks going into Carver Hawkeye, and uh, Illinois hosts Florida A and M. So it's a pretty full slate for you. Uh, with uh, Purdue kicking things off at 5 p.m. That's the thing you got to remember, Jeff, on Wednesday. It's a 5 p.m. start, so it's a little bit and, earlier than you're used to. And so. it's a 4 p.m. start in Nashville, where most of us will be. So we got to get to a bar and watch those that game early in That's the afternoon. That's how they get you. That's how they get you in there. That's for sure. All right, then we move on to Thursday next week, where Prairie View A&M will take on Northwestern, who the Wildcats sitting at 8-2. and two. Michigan at 7-4 takes on UCF down in Orlando at the Addition Financial Arena. Addition Financial? Really? 
Hey, it's okay. in Orlando, so they. At least it's not subtraction. At least it's not subtraction. That's Financial. True. That would probably That's not true. be a firm you want to get involved in. Brown takes on Maryland at uh, seven o'clock, and then next Friday it is a clean slate. Everybody will have Friday off and Saturday off. Sunday the second. Here it comes. The Big, Big Ten, Ten schedule. You got to be really, really excited. Look at the Big Ten as a whole as we head into the holiday. Michigan State owns the. Uh, uh, the top uh, spot here at two and zero. They're ten and two overall. Ohio State also two and zero. Illinois at two and zero. Out of the two and zeros, who impresses you the most right now? I'd have to say Michigan State. I just really? think they're a, a good ball club, and they uh, they played a tough schedule, and they seem to be getting better and better. And they're surprising me. I didn't think they'd be this good. So uh, you know, it's unfortunate that the Spartans aren't going to be making a trip to Mackey this year. The only uh, meeting is in East Lansing, but uh, Michigan State looks good to me, and. Uh, you know, Illinois, as Alan talked about earlier, they, they certainly have the pieces with like Kofi and, and the guard play. So, and, and don't count out a high state. Uh, you know, I'm anxious to see how they rebound from their COVID issues, but uh, they were playing really good basketball before uh, they had to take the pause. You are so Alan Carpick. I asked you to pick one. You gave me all three. I Way know. to hedge your bets, buddy. I know. Yeesh. All right. So Northwestern at 1-0. and They said it's 8-2. So what's the deal with that? Why has Northwestern and Maryland only played one game? Did they get a game canceled? Yeah. Or Okay. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I believe uh, that's the way that one uh, went there. So okay. they only had the one. I can't remember what the I, – I, was it Penn State? I think it was because of Penn State, right? Well, no, Penn Mar- State got both theirs off. Maryland is the yeah. other team with one game, That's so right. it must yeah. have been Maryland games. So. Yeah, so that one got postponed, if I remember correctly. Um, Purdue at 1-1. One one. They own an 11-1 record. That is the top record uh, in the Big Ten overall. Minnesota also at 10-1. and one. IU sitting at 10-2 and two in the middle of the pack there as well. Uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, Rutgers, all at one and one, and uh, all with uh, decent records. Wisconsin's nine and two. Michigan sit at seven and four. You feel like they're going to get better. Rutgers at five and five. Uh, then you have Maryland at that zero oh and one. Iowa, Penn State, Nebraska at zero oh and two. It doesn't feel like Iowa belongs in that zero oh and two category. But then again, they had a real tough start with yeah, uh, they, two, with Illinois and uh, Purdue. Purdue was your first two games. Yeah, yeah, tough game. And that's uh, that's tough to go. And then. Nebraska sits at the bottom of the uh, conference. It's Nebraska and Penn State. Who will be at the bottom this year? Good question. But Rutgers might actually contend for that uh, title, which is not something as a Purdue fan you, you want to hear, see right? at this yeah. point, right? <laughs> but, you know, they're sitting at 5-5, five and five, and you look at what Rutgers has done. Uh, they really stunk out loud uh, early on in the season with the losses to Paul by three. They lost to Lafayette by two. And then they lost to UMass by two. That's tough sledding right there. And then we have got, uh, four guys with career nights against the Boilermakers. And then, obviously, the, we saw what Ron Harper did. And then the very next game against Seton Hall, I think he was two for 14 from the field. So. Yeah, that's um, – <laughs> thanks for nothing, jerks. <laughs> Appreciate that. But if you're going to take that loss, I'd much rather take it now than take it in February. That's exactly. For sure. it wake so up call, like- and uh, they now know that uh, – Anything can happen on a given night, so yes. that's, that's good to know. The key here is to continue to drive home the narrative that it was a half-court shot to win, a Eurostep half-court shot to win. Yeah. If you keep on bringing that up, it takes the sting out of it a little bit, I it think, does. too, with the uh, committee, because there's still a bit of an eyeball test here. Uh, but that's the way that the uh, Big Ten looks as of uh, right now. And um, we got to keep an eye out on what those uh, quad numbers look like uh, going forward. Of course, you know, we talked at um, – We've talked at length about how bad Indiana's is because, you know, they've got, what, 10 wins, I think, and eight of them are quad four victories. Yeah. yeah. they. The good thing for IU is that they're going to have the opportunity in the Big Ten Conference to get some of those quad one victories because the Big Ten's got, you know, a lot of tough teams. But, uh, 
you know, you also wonder if they're prepared to handle that because, you know, even, uh, you know, a couple nights ago they struggled, uh, you know, the game against Northern Kentucky wasn't a blowout. And, uh, you know, so they, they certainly, I don't think they, they did the opposite of what Purdue did, preparing themselves for NCAA tournament and preparing themselves for the big 10. You know, it looks like the IU just wanted to get some victories to get the new coach off to a good start and make the fans feel good at Christmas time. And, They've accomplished that, so uh, Merry Christmas, IU fans. Yeah, and Merry Christmas to y'all. We want to thank you guys for listening to another edition of the Boiler Basketball Show. We'll be back in 2022 here on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com.